0: We are cranking out episodes. Dude, this is number four. Like we, we we cannot be stopped. There's so much chatter and buzz. Pretty out crazy. The podcast community. For like the oh.
1: demand yeah, supply and demand. Here it is.
0: We're back at it. Um Yeah, so we're ready to go again. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology and a practical application for the good of the church. Uh, I'm Lance Burrows. Again, across from me, TJ Darty, and we're the Reformed Informants.
1: What do you got for us today, Lance? What do we what are we bringing to the people?
0: What is the gospel?
1: So this should be pretty simple, right? Yeah, we ought to have this Quick thing wrapped episode?
0: up here in a couple minutes.
1: Okay. What's the gospel?
0: Yeah, but what is the gospel? Yeah, I'm what, uh, I'm
1: asking you, <laughs> uh what's what is the gospel? First of all, before we answer that question, why are we talking about the gospel? Um, you know, we spent a few episodes talking about theology, what theology is, how to do it, why it matters. We're gonna shift gears, uh, start talking about individual doctrines and um, related topics. but why why have a conversation about the gospel? like why is that how is that related to all the things that we're doing?
0: Yeah, well, without the gospel, Systematic theology does not exist. It it just doesn't exist. It, I mean it it, it it can break down to that simplicity. So
1: would you? So are you saying maybe that the gospel is the glue that holds together all of systematic theology? Uh, absolutely. Okay.
0: Absolutely. W- w- without the gospel, we don't know God. Who? I
1: without like that. the
0: gospel. We don't know God. We we don't know God. In in a general sense, Romans one, Romans two, but we definitely do not know God um, from a special revelation uh, viewpoint. From what the Scripture has said, it, I mean, it, it, yeah. the, the gospel is the gospel is why we are sitting here. That's right. The gospel is why we are doing this, and the gospel is why you would do systematic theology. It, uh, they go hand in hand.
1: I, I would. Totally agree. I've never heard it said that way, uh, but we'll probably steal that from now on and take my own personal credit for it. So thank you. No, quote um, me on that. Quote yeah, me on that. Um, probably won't. Just be, full disclosure. Uh, so 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 the gospel then is uh, this central component to theology itself. Um, now we hear. I know that I do. I would I would assume the same is for you. But we hear the term gospel. Um, thrown around all the time in the church. Uh, you see it in social media posts. You see it um, in books we read. You hear it on Sunday morning. You hear it in your Sunday school class, in your small group, in your home group. People have this gospel fever of tossing out this term. Uh, but does does everyone understand what we mean when we use this word? Um, in other words, in my experience in the church, I often... Whenever I'm, whenever I'm exposed to others who try to explain the gospel or who give a definition of the gospel, I often see incomplete definitions. Um, I'll I'll hear something uh, very basic that doesn't quite capture it. So so when I say what is the gospel, what is what what is your first response if I ask you for what is the gospel?
0: We well, had to go back off at least what you were just talking about in regards to the gospel word. Just that term being thrown, ar- yeah. I mean, it's just it's just thrown around now. I mean, it, it it's almost as if it just rolls off somebody's tongue and they're just saying it because it, it's a uh,
1: it's Christianese, it,
0: yeah, Christianese, yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's it's the the hot buzzword lingo. Like if you're tossing around gospel gospel centric teaching, like, but okay, but what is what do you mean when you say that, right? Um, and, and I mean that
0: word is, is showing up in false religions and cults. That's right. They're, they're using that term, because the, the good news.
1: Because false teachers don't come out and identify themselves as such. They're going to use the same terminology, the same verbiage that we use, biblical language. Um, and so they're, you're going to see the word gospel all over the place, um, both in positive context but also uh, in distorted context. So we... I think it's just massively important as we I mean, we've already said it repeatedly here, um, but we have to understand what the gospel is because it undergirds all of theology. And by consequence, all of our living, our application, our worldview, all that we do is wrapped up in what the gospel is. So we've been talking for who knows how long already, and we still haven't answered the question. So let me let me throw it to you, and let's get the ball rolling with actually trying to answer the question of what is the gospel.
0: Okay. So if someone comes up to us, they ask us, "What is the gospel? Give me a clear, basic definition for the gospel." I, I think that we need to, in our definition, break it down into four components. Okay. Okay. Or four four, four bullet points that. They have to be touched on because it's the whole of the gospel. It's the entirety of the gospel.
1: Before wait, before you do that, what does the word gospel mean? Just I don't want to assume it.
0: The gospel would be good news, right? The right, good news right. of uh, the Lord sorry, Jesus. Sorry, sorry, I totally we,
1: derailed your thought there. No, um, no, and I'll do it again. But no, I'm going to need to
0: bring it back to you now. As far as the original languages are concerned, is there any insight that you can give on that particular word? As far as gospel in the New Testament, yeah, the, and what you you've found in your studies.
1: The Greek word there is the euangelion, and it is, uh, of course, I've forgotten all the nuances of that of that Greek term itself. But it is, a, it is a good. It's a. It's referencing a herald, typically one who has been at war and comes back to tell of the victory that has been won.
0: Well, euangelion, That's where we get our English word evangelize. There we go. Right. So
1: when we evangelize we are taking the good news we are taking the gospel to the world um so yeah so i think it's important that we understand the root of this because when we talk about good news um there there has to be that good news within our definition of the gospel because that's what the word itself is so back to your four uh, areas or components, as you had said, uh, of what must be included in that. Let me let me take it back to you, so I can, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get yelled at. Let's go ahead and I'll give it yeah, back. I'll, to you. I'll Liz. refrain. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So four four components. No it it is more. Okay. Right. We we would agree that it's more than the four components, as far yes. as the nuances that you find within each of the points. Um, but we would say that the, the gospel isn't less than, than these four okay. points. In other words, a- again, if we're answering this question, we're sharing the gospel with somebody on the streets, we're talking about it with someone through social media, these components have to be mentioned. They, they have to. It's a full, complete gospel. So we would label those as God, man, man, Christ and response. Okay. Okay. So uh, there needs to be a clear presentation or understanding of God. There needs to be a clear presentation and the understanding of man and his relationship to God.
1: Apart from God prior to the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay.
0: And then looking at Jesus Christ as the mediator between God and man, and then a call to respond. Yeah. A call to respond, and I, those four components are absolutely beautiful. You can't, you cannot leave them out. Do not leave them out.
1: Right. So they are. So you would say that if I just use the phrase, "The gospel is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins," that that is not untrue, but it is incomplete.
0: That's absolutely true. Of course, and. Everything that you said there was completely biblical.
1: And th- and that is good news. And we want to
0: proclaim it. That's right.
1: That, and and it is you can't have a gospel presentation without including the reality that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Just right. to use those words. Because if I'm going to boil down the uh, American Christianity cultural uh definition, that's what I hear. What's the good news? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Right. Like they like that's the okay, yeah. That is good news, and that's part of it, but that's not all of it.
0: Yeah, there's a complete bypass, uh, a complete disconnect from God, who he is, what is his nature, his character, and there's an utter disregard for the condition of man. That's, yes. and but But there is an emphasis
1: on Christ dying on the cross, but so much more happened on the cross, uh, right? Like uh, absolutely. Right? Like it, it more. Ha- we'll unpack that a little bit more. And you mentioned earlier there has to be a call for a response and a an appropriate gospel presentation, right? Um, because it de- the gospel demands a response, right? Um, okay, so let's let's walk through these if if we can. Just looking at God, Man, Christ response. Let's start with God. So what? If I'm trying to understand the good news, where am I going to start in understanding who God is? Um, what what is important for me to to see about that?
0: Yeah, Paul Washer says that there needs to be more preaching on the attributes of God. Mm. That people need to dissect who God is, and I absolutely agree with that. And then the Scripture lays out who God is clearly, old and and, old and New Testament, and that's
1: the only place, by the way, where we can turn to understand who God is right? Because God has only revealed himself in this way. Um, You can look to creation and say there is a God. Um, But as Calvin would say, I've leaned on Calvin's language here that you need the spectacles of faith to understand general revelation and see God's handprint. So prior to conversion, you can only see that there is a deity or some kind of creator, but who that God is has not yet been revealed, other than through the scriptures. Right, right. So, so the scriptures speak to who God is.
0: I mean, we, we we continuously circle back around to an objective truth. Yes, I need to know who God is objectively. I I I have to start at that foundational point. Again, we said it. That takes us back to Genesis because I think God is clearly defined there. Yes, he's um,
1: he's before before creation begins God is right like like in the beginning God did this well there's before what happens before the beginning well God just is and he is the assumed the assumed reality God is already present God is moving he's working and he is the orchestrator um, that has put this world into motion and so this is the story being played out. Right? when we get to Genesis the story begins but this is God's story
0: yes yeah, so are, you, are you saying there's already assumptions about God I, even I, in the the first few verses I think so
1: yeah I think I think we come to the text with the understanding that God exists that he is the all-powerful one that he is the uh, preeminent one he is the uh, eternal one and the one who has determined uh, to create in and of his own being, like he he doesn't need to do this. He is not com- reacting to something. This is God's free will in play.
0: Yeah, absolutely, A sovereign God. That's right, and creating out of nothing, um, and then you see His character and nature unfold, even in those early portions of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, again, those 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 can't be left out. So, if you okay, so if I, if I wanted to um kind of dissect and dive into and draw out of scripture all of the attributes and uh characteristics mm-hmm. that make up this God who we're, who we're talking about uh, do you have any resources that would help me with that any any resources that could help me kind of define attributes of God
1: i I mean, first of all, we're gonna start with the scriptures and see those things there. But if you're looking for a secondary resource, I think Lewis Burkoff's systematic theology is outstanding. I'm not sure if that's uh what you were going for yeah. there, but uh but Burkhoff is really good in developing this and I've leaned heavily on his um his work on the attributes of God um because i think he does so so well um and burkhoff and in fact th- this is a, a natural transition as we think about um presenting the gospel and understanding who god is you have all of these attributes of god but in reality especially as we think about the gospel the the focus has to be on god's holiness um, would you would you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I
0: absolutely okay. agree with that.
1: Right, because the holiness of God, um, which R.C. Sproul has a tremendous work on this. Um, speaking of resources, that is um, very accessible. So if you if you've never read R.C. Sproul's The Holiness of God, definitely check that out. But the the holiness of God speaks to um, his divine perfection and his distinction from creation. Right, like he is set apart. He is. Uh, not a created being he's not a uh, part of creation itself but he is distinct from it
0: yeah okay yeah l- let's talk about that real quick okay. because as we focus here on god we now we're focusing on the holiness of god most of the time that definition or defining the holiness of god somewhat gets hijacked to only meaning oh well god
1: doesn't sin okay you're right oh we got we got a dog here guys. Yep um in the studio <laughs> um okay so so what do you mean when you say that that it gets hijacked well the the
0: definition holiness means more than just god is without sin and, and uh, Uh, Which he
1: is. He is without sin. Right. But But you touched on
0: it. So you keep going. I I interrupted you there. You keep going with God being set apart, God being completely outside.
1: That's right. He's distinct. He is um, totally unique from all of creation. And in that, um, he is separated from sin. So not only is he not a sinful being, and not only is he not characterized by sin itself but he is separate from it and so there's a a focus when we think about god's holiness i I believe it was spurgeon that says that all of god's attributes put together surmise his holiness that that's what it means that he is because he is so distinct he is so set apart that's why you see the cries in scripture holy 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 i was
0: literally yeah About to say that, Uh, of
1: of course, yeah, of course, you are going to say that after I say it. You
0: just hijacking. Um,
1: So, so you see, you see these these cries, these threefold cries in Scripture of of worship that are just poured out in Isaiah and Revelation, uh, throughout the prophets. Holy, 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 because that's who God is. Not just, as you said, not just sinless, 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 but totally holy, set apart, uh, unique. All of his attributes wrapped up in that to say that he is uh, omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's uh, all knowing, he's all good, he's all loving. All of these things are wrapped up in this concept that he is holy, right. yeah, he's he, distinct.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned holy, holy, holy. Uh, those texts, Isaiah six, or Revelation four and five. Yeah, God is he's high and lifted up. That's right, and the angels are around his throne the 24 elders, elders are around his throne and they are crying out day and night oh. holy 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 i mean what a
1: scene and then the own the that is the only proper response upon being in the presence of god is to cry out holy 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 right right and so so i think and and this is where we we miss this if we run to Jesus died on the cross for our sins, we run to that definition, we miss a really critical component to understand who God is, right? Because Jesus did not go to the cross of his own uh, just completely separate and and just like this random act, right? Like there's a, a reason why he went to the cross, uh, which I think is a, a good point for us to transition to discussion of man. Yeah, it's a great um, segue. Okay, that. let me add, let me say this. We talk about good news. Good news, good news, good news. This is the gospel. It's good news. Jesus has offered a way of salvation. Um, but good news isn't really good news if if what's not in place. Well, if if there's no bad news. That's right. So what is, Lance, what's the bad news? Like we've talked about God. So far, everything's great. God is holy. He's perfect. He's he's all powerful, um, he is distinct from creation. He demands worship. Um, I, I don't see a problem. So where where does this bad news factor come in?
0: Yeah, the bad news is that we are sinners before a holy God, and so we're on the just so we're on the same page here. I, I think, generally speaking, if you and I were to ask whoever are are they a sinner? Have they done bad things? Et cetera. I think we're going to get a unanimous response on that. Yeah. P- people are, they're going to admit that they have done something wrong, but it is more, it's more than that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you've committed adultery. Maybe you have murdered somebody. Maybe you have lied or wh- whatever, whatever. Of course. But a- against who? That's right. Wh- who who have you sinned against uh that's if i just sinned against t j have I just sinned against my wife or my neighbor or right. my kids in class i I don't think that's necessarily the issue here right
1: no the, you've you have certainly tapped into the importance of understanding the bad news that we are sinful um we have it's, and it's not just that we have committed sin uh, or sins. It's not that we've committed sins. It's that we have a nature of sin. Um, like it is, it characterizes who we are. And I think the best word to capture this, to capture what you were mentioning and and the biblical um, perspective of this is the idea of being a rebel. Like we are rebellious that does not God. sound good. It's not good. Uh and that's that's we the point. Do we like being rebellious against God? Oh, we love it. It is that is our favorite thing to do. It's like it's like we're God has told us to go straight and we have turned around. It's not just that we're not going straight, it's that we've turned around and gone the opposite direction and we're laughing at him as we do it. We are enemies of god paul says we are at enmity with him colossians 1 we are completely um content in our sin because we are wicked i mean just loathsome sinners i mean that's who
0: we are we love being rebels we We love it love darkness john john 3 that's right
1: that's right. And, and, and we
0: cannot come to God because of that That's either. right.
1: That's right. We, Our we,
0: rebellion will never allow us to want God.
1: That's And that's exactly what I was going to say. Not only do we not have access to a God, because now now you see the bad news. The bad news is we have a holy and perfect God, and and I don't want to discount, we've talked about what that holiness is, but, but think about what that means to say we have a holy God set apart, and then we have... We have these rebellious, sinful, uh characterized by sin uh human beings here who not only are separated, but they enjoy being separated. They they don't we don't want to be reconciled. We we are content to be rebels. So we have a real issue when we think about the what what are the implications of that? Because not only and we didn't really touch on this yet, but not only is God perfect and set apart. But God has a hatred towards sin, and he has a wrath that is going to be poured out. That's not optional. The wrath of God is necessarily going to be poured out on sin. And, and why? why? is that, Why is it not like God says, well, you know what, I'm just, I think I'm going to punish sin today. Like it's not a, this is not a, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Why is that important for us to understand? And why is that necessary?
0: That that would be anti his character. Okay, that would be completely against his holiness. So okay, so you exactly. You know, I'm, I'm going to go back to that because I think that's exactly where where it leads. God, he he cannot be indifferent. He cannot be passive, and he he cannot allow these sinful, rebellious, anti God. People, he, he he just can't leave them be. There there has to be a consequence for their rebellion against
1: him. So you would say that if God didn't punish sin, that God wouldn't be God.
0: He, he would not be God. Right. He he, he he has to punish sin. Right. This is the beauty of the gospel. That's though. right. Like, and I think you would you would agree that this is the importance of emphasizing these early points here you want to get the sinner trapped that's right you want to walk them into a corner where where there there's no way out on their own this is what you have to do and this is what uh, this is what's missing uh, this is what is missing in american christianity it's a complete deviation from those core components to the gospel, and we just jump right into, well, Jesus loves you. He, he's a mm. great guy. He, he's going to bless you. That's right. We Look at your situation now. It's going to only, only going to get better if you come to Christ. And that, that is, again, that, that is so far from the biblical gospel. That's,
1: that, okay, not to not to rabbit trail this, but I want to ask you why? Why have we deviated so far? Because the the biblical image, the biblical picture, um, and we could we could spend a long time uh, dealing with this, but I, I think suffice to say, Psalm fifty one five, uh, Paul in Romans three, no one seeks after God, right? Like we are wicked, vile sinners. Um, why do we not like to hear that? Like why is that message not popular?
0: Well, it's a pride crusher. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel. <laughs> okay. Good. There you go.
1: Tapping into the feelings. Yeah,
0: we talked about that last episode.
1: So uh,
0: it, it's an immediate attack on who I think I am. And I think I am way better than I am.
1: And this is so countercultural because our culture says. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Yes, you can. Uh, we we have this ability inside of us. Our culture says this. The culture says the problem is outside of you, and the answer is inside. Right. Like you can you can overcome the obstacles of the world. The gospel flips it. The gospel is the opposite. The gospel says, guess what? The problem is in you, and the only solution is from the outside. It's not the world. It's the good news. Of Christ, so right he, didn't
0: didn't Luther, and you're the Luther expert.
1: Yeah, that's on. on maybe
0: the, well, didn't he say it's an external righteousness? Yes. You need something to happen from the outside because you can't muster up enough anything to break out of your that's condition. Right. He,
1: he uses yeah the the term he uses is an alien righteousness, okay. right? Like it's foreign. It, it's completely uh, distinct from us because it can't be from within. And that's the that's the exact point we're trying to make is that um, the bad news, you have to have this bad news in place for the good news to even make sense. But also, the more you understand the bad news, the sweeter the gospel becomes. Right. Like what does Paul call himself the chief of all sinners? I don't think that Paul sinned more greatly or more intensely or more frequently than anybody else. But I think Paul maybe understood his sin.
0: Chief of all sinners, he calls himself like the least of all the saints. That's right. And not even worthy to be called an apostle. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a correct view of self because he understood the beauty of our our next point, which would be the the beauty of, of, of Jesus Christ. Right. Okay,
1: so on that note, we've got God, this holy God, we've got a wicked rebellious man and then Jesus died on the cross for our sins <laughs> is that the next phase or how would you how would you develop this next point
0: but god yeah, Ephesians two four. Know yeah, Ephesians
1: two four. Gosh, my favorite verse in all of scripture. Yeah,
0: Ephesians chapter two. By the way, I had verses one through ten read at my wedding. That's while it was one hundred and twenty degrees out, and we were all sopping
1: yeah. wet. Nobody was sweating in the in the audience out there. I promise. <laughs> Honestly, that, that was I had to be the hottest day yeah. last year. Yeah, you think I wasn't? I wasn't upset about that. I had to, I had to go get all my clothes dry cleaned the next day because they were soaked. The most miserably uh, hot outdoor wedding in the history of, of weddings. Of weddings. Um, Everybody
0: literally looked like they jumped in the pool yeah, the, after the, the ceremony. The
1: only, the only highlight besides the actual um, uh, wedding ceremony itself was the fact that Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 was read out loud. I enjoyed that. I believe your dad read that. He All did. Right. Yeah, it was, it was good. From so, yes. a
0: Bible signed by MacArthur. <laughs> uh, Let's go. Praise God. Yeah, so... But God, the, God is orchestrating the gospel. He's the one that is sending and giving a solution. He's the one that is bringing forth the physician. He, he he's the one that is bringing a savior. What what did humanity do to deserve Christ to come into this world as yeah. a human being? Yeah, I don't think they did anything. Yeah,
1: nothing. In fact, in fact. Humanity deserves that wrath, right? Like the wrath of God that is ready to be poured out on sin, um, that is that is aimed at the sinner. That wrath deserve we deserve that at any point. I mean, God so tells let me Adam, ask you, "Yeah, go ahead." If,
0: what What if God had decided to send all people to hell? Is He allowed to do that?
1: Yeah, not only is He allowed to do that, but that would. That would be his justice on display, that he should be praised for doing that. So he would that. get
0: honor and glory for all of humanity no question. No question. themselves by their own sins no and question. the wrath of God.
1: That's right. I mean, he tells Adam, in the day you eat, if you sin, you shall surely die. And the fact that Adam doesn't physically die in that moment is an act of God's mercy. Adam could have dropped dead and the human race could have stopped existing in that moment. And God would not have been unfair. In fact, he would have been only fair to do that. And he should be praised if that had happened. Um, So yes, that is, that is a real, um, it's not just that we didn't do anything to deserve Christ coming or that Christ might die. It's the fact that we deserve the opposite. And this is the glory of the, of the gospel. This is what makes that good news. So sweet that God took on flesh in the form of, of his son Christ. And he became the sacrifice on the cross. He he took on sin so that we might experience and know and become the righteousness of God. So he, takes the wrath of God. It is poured out on him instead of on us. And that wrath is satisfied. So now God no longer looks upon you and I with wrath ready to be poured out. Instead, it's satisfied. It's been accomplished in Christ. And then what, what d- else d-
0: happens? Double imputation. Du- double
1: imputation, Let's which go. W- we will talk about this and explain this in depth. Um, but what, what is double imputation?
0: Christ taking on my
1: sins. Imputed to him because they were not his own. Credited to him. That's he right. He was
0: sinless. That's right. He was put on that tree for my sins, which is part of the gospel. But that's right. the second half of that is now his righteous holy life is imputed, credited mm-hmm. to to my account. That's right. I mean this is jaw dropping. <laughs> yeah. That's the good right. news is amazing. That's right. News.
1: That's right. And so the in this process of double imputation, I I, I I always say this. It's like if you have a massive debt that you owe someone, but you have a huge fee that you need to pay to get somewhere. Well, not only can I not pay that, but I owe a ton of money. So just in the fact that Christ... Uh, takes the wrath of God. Well, that cancels my debt, but I still have nothing in my account. I still have no credit to my name. In order for me to have access to God, I have to have eternal righteousness. Like, that's that's the only way I can fellowship with God. But, as you said, Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. So now we do have that. So we don't have the wrath poured out on us, and we do have the righteousness of Christ credited to us. And so we now have access to fellowship with God. We have eternal life that is given by means of that sacrifice because Christ served as that mediator and he served as the propitiation for our sins so that we might be converted and reborn and justified and eventually sanctified and and ultimately glorified so that we could be adopted into his, his, that's what theology is.
0: Absolutely. God is, he is, redeeming people through Christ for his glory. Amen. But it's not like he's redeeming good people. He's mm. redeeming rebellious sinners that want nothing to do with him. Mm.
1: And and they want nothing to do with him and they want everything to do with their sin. That we're not ambivalent, apathetic I'm just kind of sitting here. I don't really care. I hate God in my sin. If, if Prior to Christ, that's who I am. The Bible is clear on this. We are wicked sinners who have rebelled and continue to rebel and are happy to do it. Happy to do it.
0: And so you, so we're wrapping up this conversation with our neighbor. We've hit on okay. those three points. Now, do we just fist bump them? Like, there you go. Yeah. Hey, there's the gospel. Thanks for listening. News. High five them. You know what? Whatever. It, 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 is that where it ends?
1: No, obviously, we have said that there's going to be a response component, but I think it's important for us to to recognize the reason for that. It's because the gospel demands a response, right? Like it it's, commands it. 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 That's exactly right.
0: Like it. It is sinful. To not believe—that's right. The
1: gospel—that's right. And what is the biblical exhortation? Like we have been uh, commanded when we hear—I'm thinking of, of Acts two. Like Peter proclaims the good news to the people about about Jesus, and he he gives this presentation, and the people say, "What shall we do?" And what does Peter tell them? Repent, repent, and believe. That's right. Repent and believe
0: that's how the gospel of mark
1: starts Mm. repent and believe that's yeah that's that's what that's what mark is about about proclaiming that good news of repentance and faith that's what that's what conversion is to be converted this to repent and to believe what does it mean to repent and believe
0: repent and believe It is an acknowledgement of what we previously talked about in the episode. Right. It's an acknowledgement of those three points. It's acknowledgement of the character and nature of God. It's acknowledgement of my sinfulness against Him. It's an understanding of Christ's death on the cross. It is a turning. That's right. It's not brushing aside, it's not sweeping some of your sins under the rug. It is a complete 180 turn from your sin and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You throw yourself upon Christ. You are the Luke 18 um, tax collector mm-hmm. that's beating his chest, won't even look up to the heavens because he understands his condition and he understands God. Mm-hmm. And he's, be merciful to him. Mean, he's begging, be merciful to me, a
1: sinner. That's, and, that's and, all you can do. That's right. That's And that is the that is the biblical command. That is how we must respond to this gospel presentation, to the truth of the gospel and to, to not do so you've said is, is sinful. Um, so it is, it is not just that we must do this. It's that to not do it is to continue in our rebellious ways. It is to continue to persist in our rebellion and our hatred of God. So nothing could be more important than to appropriately respond, and, and I want to I want to make one more mention of this, and maybe this should be the uh, transition into our initiative. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could I, I feel like we could do this for hours on end just talking about I'm the glories of this. Man. About to start
0: sweating. Yeah,
1: it's just it's I mean it's Lance's wedding two in here. Um, so here's here's my here's kind of my concluding thought: the gospel is not a one-time reality that we hear and it changes our lives and we repent and believe and then we're good now. Like just talking about this for the last however many minutes we've been discussing it has been the most encouraging thing that my soul could ever have ha- have ever heard. Like I am so fired up thinking about the realities and the truth and the depths of this gospel because the gospel is our lifeblood as believers? It's 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 what it's what convicts me of my sin, even now as I'm constantly learning to follow Christ. It, it gives me uh, the opportunity to repent, even now, to continually be repenting and to continually be believing. And so the gospel, I I preach the gospel to yourself every day, like every morning when you wake up. The gospel should be before you. Preach it, preach it, preach it to yourself every single day so that you know these truths because this is um, the heart of the Christian faith. So that, that's my takeaway, no, that's the be- gospel.
0: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I, I, again, I, I would add to that quickly that uh, there is a necessity and there needs to be urgency in touching on all aspects yeah. of the gospel when, when you share the gospel you you may be the only one that can deliver that gospel message clearly to wh- whoever is in front of you and it, it, it needs to be done mm-hmm. and th- that's how god calls his to himself it's through the preaching and teaching and the sharing of the gospel that this is how people are saved they're saved through this message and if we can't get the message to them right then people cannot be saved that's, on some false yeah. interpretation or false explanation or just some bad theological gospel
1: that's you're exactly right Uh, not to not to piggyback off of this and spring into another conversation but this this is a matter of eternal life and death i mean this is a significant it's a big deal and we've got to know the truth of this gospel yeah. Well, if you're not doing so already, make sure you're subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and our YouTube channel. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Reformed Informants and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at r underscore informants.
0: If you have any questions or suggestions for topics of discussion, feel free to reach out to us at reformedinformants at gmail.com.